Hello, and welcome to a New Jersey Shore episode of We Only Look Thin. Wow. I am New Jersey girl Catherine Weigel. I have lost over 100 pounds and have kept it off for many years now. And with me today is... Donald Weigel, Jersey boy and big, huge fan of the show Jersey Boys. And, <laughs> and also, I've, I've never seen it, actually. Also, uh, I have uh, uh, lost about 100 pounds and I have kept it off for about five years, and uh, I am here to talk about it. Yep, we, we are probably the most famous New Jersey people <laughs> in the world. You know, people say Jersey girl, Jersey boy, yeah. but no one in New Jersey actually says that, do they, Donald? I don't know. I I kind of feel like people do say it a little bit. I do don't they? Know. I think people say it a little bit. I think bit. it's like when people think that people in California say Cali. You know what they don't do is is people don't say say Joyzy. Like No, they like don't. People from outside of New Jersey like think it's funny to say like you from Joyzy, I'm from Joyzy. No one actually talks. Nobody like that. talks like that. Everybody yeah. thinks that uh a New York Brooklyn accent covers the entire mid-Atlantic uh, states. It does not. Yeah, for sure. We're just laying down truths, everybody. Yeah, it's interesting. I this is interesting. Maybe only to me. Sorry, listeners. I uh, I sometimes say that I'm from New Jersey, but I mostly say I'm from Pennsylvania. But I lived in New Jersey during my formative years. But I've lived in California. More than anywhere else. Who are we? You've lived so in I, Cali longer than oh Jersey. Oh my God, don't say Cali. That's something people don't say. No one says Nobody Cali, says Cali. Lives here. So if you're coming to visit, uh, don't say that. Just like those of you around the world, if you think we say Cali, we don't say that. Also, don't say Holly weird. Yeah. Don't say yeah. it. <laughs> Things should people not say? Uh, Frisco. Yeah, don't they say should, Frisco. Don't say Frisco. Yeah, either. But SoCal. Don't yeah. say Yeah. Oh, don't say SoCal. Either. Anyway, but yeah. but let's go back to the Garden State, shall we? Yeah. It Sorry, is a I got state. I got way way off track. We're but, we're trying to help people in so many different but ways. I feel like when you live in New Jersey, and I did live there for ten years, I feel like you are required as a citizen to be a fan of Bon Jovi. Yes. <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen. Um, and uh, probably some other things I'm forgetting right now. Yeah, Thomas but, Edison, probably. When you think New Jersey, you think Thomas Edison, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you sure do. Um, so uh, gardens, because it is the garden <laughs> state, you have to be a fan of that. Um, so we are, it, it, you know, going back to our New Jersey heritage, we are naming this episode after the great Bon Jovi song, uh, uh, You Give Walt a Bad Name. Yep. And that's not the name of the Bon now, Jovi song. That's the name of this episode. Written by Jonathan Bonathan Jovi. Which, <laughs> that, that is full name. That's his full name. I and did not know that. Jonathan Bonathan. That's yeah, interesting. It's true. That's his middle <laughs> Jonathan name. Jonathan Bonathan Jovi. And yeah. he, is, he is from Perth Amboy, which is next to the New Jersey Shore Oh, yeah. It is, which I've never... Oh, which is why you said Jersey Shore episode. Yeah. That's I've honestly I mean. never watched that show. The Jersey Shore? Jersey Shore. I've watched a couple of episodes, uh, but never seen none it. of those people are actually from New Jersey. I I've think seen commercials for it, so it's not like it's not like I don't have some idea of what it is, but I've never watched yeah, any, but... like even a minute of an episode. And Pauly Shore is oh, not yeah. actually from New Jersey. He's from California. That's that's a little bit of, you know, mis-advertising, uh, false Milmer. advertising. Yeah. Like calling yourself Polly Shore when you're not from the shore. I know. We're taking yeah. everyone to task today. <laughs> but going back to Jonathan Bonathan, uh, he, <laughs> yes. he was in a band called Bon Jovi. Right. Short for Bonathan Jovi. <laughs> 
short for Bonathan Jovi. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows it. But speaking of uh, giving things a bad name, uh, we often think about not taking responsibility for our health choices. I'd like to not take responsibility for the content of this podcast so far is what I'd like well, to do. Well, you know what? You can blame the bad parts on me and the good parts on you. Uh, I would never do that to you, dear. But yes, that but, I could do that. But doesn't giving or taking away responsibility and blaming others isn't there a name for that uh there there really is okay so you want me to get into the yeah. actual content yeah of the we're episode. going everybody so, here we go so we we oftentimes i'm just going to back up just a half a half a beat here we oftentimes will blame everything except ourselves for mm. like uh, in the case of this particular podcast and topic for our weight loss and fitness plans not working, so to speak, um, and rather than uh, taking responsibility for ourselves. So there is a, a concept called self-serving bias. And um, I'm taking this definition from an article by Connie Mathers, which I will link to in the show notes. Do you know that self-serving bias was actually the original name of the song, You Give Love a Bad Name? But <laughs> no, they decided it was like too wordy, so they changed it. So yeah. that, that's another fact. Don't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> from Jonathan Bonathan Jovi. John Bowie. John Bovey. Bon Jovi. Bonathan, Bonathan Jonathan Bon Jovi was a... Very big fan of of uh, the psychology yeah, world and hundred percent, but they dumbed really, it down really for America. Really in the self serving bias, but yeah, <laughs> his manager convinced self serving bias. Yeah, shot through the heart, and you're to blame. Your self serving bias gives love a bad name. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was actually shock to the heart. But I looked. It, it's I, shot to the heart. It's shot through the heart. I looked it um, up before this episode. You because, go deep when yeah. you're looking at podcast but episodes. I'm telling you, I don't. I don't remember what year that song came out. So it's been like thirty or plus years. I've thought that th that he was saying shock to the heart, and you're to blame. It's It'll, shot it, through the heart. Whether you take the Parkway or the Turnpike, you get to the same ending, which is the bad name <laughs> of love. That's so right. as a as a I staunch like, Turnpike, I feel like taker, we're giving our podcast a bad name <laughs> by by continuing to ramble on too bad without, so sad without giving people the the content that they're craving all right give all it right. to them donald so uh connie mathers wrote an article about self-serving bias and she says self-serving bias is a pattern of thinking in which people attribute positive outcomes to internal factors such as their own talent or their own hard work and negative outcomes to external factors, such as bad luck or difficulty of the task. Now, take that in, everybody, yeah. because that is some hard truth. And apparently, according to uh, the internet, uh, th we do this a lot as human beings. Yeah. And, and rather than than trying to recognize our own responsibility in us not being able to complete a task. And why do we do this, you might ask? Um, we, we do this because it protects our self-esteem, uh, so we don't feel bad about ourselves. It's, it, we feel much better if it's not our fault that right. we, that we couldn't complete the task. And we do it for self-preservation, which is, uh, another way of saying we like to present ourselves in a certain fashion to others. Um, and we want them to see us in a positive way or in a certain light. And if we just openly accept blame for not completing a task or not successfully completing a task, then they might 
like think poorly of us. Exactly. And then uh, finally, we do it because of optimism. Because when people start a task and they're sure that they're going to finish it, when they don't, when there's a negative outcome, that is surprising. And so they, they, we humans, humans don't want to take responsibility for, for failing that task. So um, we come up with all of these outside factors to blame to make sure that, that we can be happy with ourselves moving forward. Right. And I did this for decades with weight loss plans. Oh my and goodness, yes. honestly, with every circumstance in my life involving other human people. It was everyone else's fault. It was my boss's fault, my neighbor's fault. You know, oh, well, Donald is doing this other thing, so I can't do it when, you know, school is over, when summer is over, when Christmas is over. I blamed external circumstances for why I wasn't achieving things. And it was really comfortable to do that. I breezed through 40 (laughs) years of life blaming everything except the, my own agency. And I didn't even know, wait, you can control circumstances in oh your life? Oh, goodness. That is annoying, and I don't want to take responsibility because that means maybe I wouldn't order another appetizer. Then maybe I have to actually do the work that it takes Boo. to get through this, which is a super bummer. But unfortunately, that is the deal. So to to further lean on Connie Mathers. Conathan, um, yes. Conathan Mathers. <laughs> Conathan Bonathan Mathers. She... She wrote another uh, article that I found, uh, which is called Blaming Others, Six Reasons Why People Play the Blame the Game. The Blame Game. Which, you know, we we talked about the newlywed game a couple of episodes ago. Now we're going to talk about our other favorite game, The Blame the Game. The Blame Game. And why do people uh, play the blame game? Well, um, let me tell you, first of all, oh, First of all, according to Connie Mathers, Conathan Bonathan Mathers, that research shows that people who tend to look outside of themselves to place the blame game or place the blame on others for their own mistakes tend to lose social status among their peers, have lower performance levels, and don't learn as much when they run into obstacles in life. And like, I will link- You mean there are consequences to blaming others? Yeah, I will link to this uh, article also, but she links to lots of other studies in her article. So if you really want to like go down this rabbit hole, uh, you're you're like I did, you're welcome to. So when you're listening to uh, the upcoming six reasons for why we play the blame game, really consider the way you narrate your own life in this. Because I saw a lot of this in me from the first 40 years of my life. It is really difficult to realize at this late stage in my life that it's my job to take responsibility for myself instead of blaming others. But I can't tell you what a transformation it's been to actually take responsibility for my actions. And there are things outside of our control too. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But uh, but really pay attention to uh, to how much you resonate with these, how angry you are to find out that you can take responsibility. Well, yeah. And and I think to just uh, add on to that a little bit that I, and I, I said this a lot on this podcast, but I think it is worth repeating because it is has been so instrumental in, in my progress, is that I, when I realized that I was blaming all of these external factors instead of taking responsibility 
just the just the idea of admitting that to myself and and acknowledging it has made it much harder for me to lie to myself about why I'm eating something that I'm eating. Like like when I eat it, I have to take full responsibility for it, you know, because I'm the only one making myself put that food in my mouth. Well, and we had talked a long while ago about a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself and really how you narrate your life matters in the way you deal with future issues. This isn't just about a bad boss or a bad neighbor. This is about how you move through your life and take responsibility because you're the only one putting food in your mouth there. Absolutely. Unless you're a baby. Okay. So uh, why do we play the blame game? Well, first of all, blaming... Uh, now, the article uh, focuses on blaming other people, but you know, we we like to blame all kinds of things, not just other people, on why we are eating the way we're eating and and failing to exercise. Um, so the first thing is blaming people is easy or blaming things on external factors. Yeah. That's the easy way out. It, it is much easier just to say it's not it's not my fault. There's nothing I could have done about it. I will blame all of these other things instead. And um, instead of doing that, the author suggests reframe it as a chance to learn. Mistakes are an opportunity to learn and grow. If you blame instead of learn, you will be stuck in the same place. Oh, well, and like I, we used to joke uh, at work about something being a great learning opportunity. Right, right. It was so annoying to not just be like, well, can I just blame the blah? Like, right. I don't want to learn anything. I just want to get I my paycheck. just throw up <laughs> my hands and say there's nothing that can be done because it's so freeing to do that in a lot of ways. Well, and it also says if we continue to blame others will keep repeating the same pattern. So if we blame the boss and then you get a new boss and it happens again, it's just like every boss is terrible. Like, well, how do I get into these situations? When we start seeing that we can control the situation, uh, it it takes a little more effort. Like, I think a great example from my own life that has nothing to do with health and fitness is, you know, I, I I have people who work under me and most of them are under 30 and they don't even have to be under 30, but people will constantly be 10, 15, 30 minutes late for work. And why were you late for work today? The traffic, the traffic was just so bad. Oh, it's shocking. I just want, I just want them to like once in a while say, you know what? I just didn't get up in time to get ready to get here on time. Yeah, like, I was messing around on my phone. I stopped for a latte. I couldn't do it. Like, I just, I, I I stayed up too late last night, could not get myself out of bed this morning. I'm sorry. Like, but nobody ever says that it's always the traffic is is the, is to blame. And, and guess what? There's 365 days a year. I used to do this all the time. I would show up late and then be mad at my boss. And maybe that wasn't a good look for me. So, yeah. Just saying. And <laughs> exactly. that's why I ate about it. Yeah, like, if you know, you know how long it takes you to get there. Maybe once in a while there's a terrible accident that's stopping you from getting there. But usually when I'm late for work, it's because I just didn't get up out of bed fast enough or I dilly-dally doing something Ooh, else before to, I got in the car. We need to do an episode called The Boy That Cried Wolt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got episodes for days. I'm writing it down. Look forward to that, listener. Okay, Okay. so the second one is blame is a defense mechanism. Poor outcomes are not our problem. Success is 100% us. 
when we are so myopic as to think that everything else is outside of our control and then good outcomes are all about us, we're not really learning from anything. When I say, oh, it's my boss's problem, it's the weather's problem, it's the plan's problem, I'm not seeing that I have a problem at all. Like, I don't have a weight yeah. problem. I have a boss problem. Right. Like, and that is not like, my boss didn't get me to eat the food. That was my choice. And when we see that we can take agency, that's where real change, like sustainable change uh, comes from. Yeah. The One of the annoying things about this is that I, I understand this about weight loss and fitness and have accepted it, but I still, there's many other parts of my life where I just want to blame other things for why I'm not accomplishing certain tasks. And and it's really bringing my mindset around has been difficult. So I know this isn't an easy thing to do, but if you're listening to this podcast, it is a step in the right direction. Exactly. And so the author suggests in the article to, to help, uh, to help get past this one to stop to think if taking responsibility for the situation you're in would really impact you in the grand scheme of things. Like you're using it as a defense mechanism. So stop to think, well, if I actually did take responsibility for my part in this, how much is it really going to impact me down the road? Right. Are you going to go to jail? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is Is it going to permanently damage your psyche? And chances are that it probably won't. And taking responsibility for it will feel much better than the potential guilt that may arise later. Nice job. All right. Uh, So uh, the third one is some people blame others if they feel themselves losing control. And for for me, this is sort of that that we've done an episode uh, called Breaking Bad about, you know, taking that one step, that one more step, that one more step. Well, if I eat one more thing, it'll be fine. If I, if I like skip this one more workout, it'll be fine. If I, if I don't accomplish my step goal today, it'll be fine. And I think that, that when I've been in that situation before, I, I don't like to, to understand and accept that I'm responsible for, for my slipping habits, my, my, you know, canaries in a coal mine that Catherine likes to talk about, um, that, that instead, it's much easier to blame outside circumstances and other people and situations for for me losing control of the situation. And so, uh, you know, the author and Catherine and I suggest, uh, remember that you're the only one who actually has control over your behavior. And therefore, you will have to take responsibility for your next move. And that's a real bummer, but... <laughs> I'm making a bummer face. I know I just like, in the middle of what he said, I just went, eh. So that was my addition to uh, this entire commentary. But yeah, actually taking responsibility, it starts to change your brain. Like it, and, and it feels easier the more you do it. And it feels more optimistic, too, when you're like, oh, I can affect some change in this. Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. But when you realize that that you are the only one who has agency in your life, the, the sort of corollary to that is you have agency in your own life and you actually do have the power to change it. You just have to seize upon it and and actually exert that control. Exactly. So the next one is 
blaming outside forces protects your ego. When you blame others, it acts as a form of social comparison. If you place blame on someone or something else, it makes you feel like you are right and they are wrong. It feels good to be right, doesn't yeah. it? Like, see, I was right all along. This plan didn't work for me. I've got a terrible, you know, spouse. I've got, you know, more obligations than anyone else. When you say to yourself, there's nothing that's going to work for me, and then you prove yourself right uh, in a in a in a real sense that feels so good. You might outwardly like act like you're unhappy about the fact that nothing's working for you, but you know if nothing's gonna work for me, then I'm just I can just do nothing. I just eat as, eat whatever I want as much as I want all the time right. and not do anything. See, I'm never gonna lose weight, so I might as well just get three appetizers. Yeah, y- <laughs> YOLO. You only live once, so you might as well just do whatever. So she goes on with an action step. Rather than trying to figure out why you're blaming other people or circumstances, go a step deeper and explore why you feel so bad about taking responsibility. So what do you get out of making other people wrong and making yourself right? Work on developing your sense of self-worth to help you learn to handle being responsible for yourself. Plus, the more you are willing to accept your own capacity for error, the more likely you will be to accept and understand it in other people as well. And really seeing, and I, I think that this is a big one, is just coming to me right now. Yeah. The more we we think like, okay, well, and um, we'll go more into this next week, this plan doesn't work for me. It's obviously terrible. Well, Maybe they haven't considered your personal needs. Like once you start seeing that like, oh, well, Weight Watchers isn't infallible. I can make changes myself. Well, this workout plan isn't infallible. I can modify it. The more we see that we have a chance to modify our own behavior and outside plans, again, the more agency we have in our lives. For sure. And, and, you know, another one of these things, when she talks about um, working on your sense of self-worth, I didn't know that I had a problem with that. You know, I didn't realize that when I was saying to myself all the time, what is wrong with me? Why can other people do this and I can't? I'll just never learn. I'll just never figure this out. I was really embedding in myself the idea that I couldn't do it and that I wasn't ever going to do it. And and it plays back into what we were talking about, about wanting to be right. You know, if if I say to myself, I'll never be able to do this. Part of me wants to be right about that because because we want to be right about everything. And it wasn't until I started really, you know, talking to myself in a positive way. You know what? You can do this. You are yeah. capable of of hard things. And and if if you can do this hard thing, you can do other hard things and you can keep going and and you don't have to stop and and there is anything wrong with you. You can do this. Well, and I think too part of that is we it it would life would be much easier if everything was black and white i'm right you're wrong the plan is wrong i'm right when we are able to see that there are nuances to everything and take that accountability we know that there is a possibility of change and we don't blame our heritage our circumstances our you know all these outside factors we can adapt and pivot Instead of just seeing it all as proof that, you know, we're righteous and everything else is wrong. And that is just a victim mentality. Absolutely. Okay. Number five from the article, people may play the blame game to help explain a situation. So when 
you're confronted with the idea of somebody, you know, says, why, why weren't you able to, to do this? You know, you said you were going to do this or, you know, look, it's awful when people do it, but a lot of people would say to me, oh, I thought you were on a diet. Oh, I like, I see, I see that you're eating that. Have you, have you off, are you off of your, your diet right now? Um, you know, first of all, People shouldn't say that stuff, and it's none of their business. But I would oftentimes try and play the blame game so that um, people, you know, I would have an excuse for why I was doing what I was doing in the face. And we do this all the time, I think, at work, you know, if we don't accomplish a task or, you know, our family uh, expects us to accomplish something, we use the blame game to to move the responsibility from ourselves onto something else so that we look better in other people's eyes. Well, and two, when we think we have to go to some extreme, like I'm doing a 40-day, you know, hot burn, fuel, power, whatever, right. and we quit after two days, we blame the plan instead of saying like, oh, well, maybe what would happen if I gave 50% effort? What would happen if I just started tracking calories and stopped trying to judge what I'm doing? Like when we see it as malleable instead of fixed – we realize that modifying might help us move forward instead of feeling stuck. And the author says, um, try to accept the fact that some events are out of your control, Yep, which, which is which is definitely true. You don't need to have an explanation ready to tell other people for everything that happens. Further, you won't always be able to even understand all the reasons why yeah. something goes wrong. And that's okay. And sometimes we get stuck in that analysis paralysis. Well, why is this happening? Well, let me do more research. Let me, instead of just moving forward and being okay with a little bit of uncertainty, we don't have to have it all figured out to make progress. All right, dear, bring us home for this episode. Okay, this is the big one, everybody. Blame excuses our own actions. It sure does. So the author says, and I have also said to myself, I am a grown-up capable of making hard choices. We did a two-part uh, episodes, two-part episodes? Two-part uh, episodes, <laughs> yes. Called Failure is Feedback. We mm. never really fail. We just gain greater understanding of the way we work and the way other systems work. And when we take it as an opportunity, any opportunity, to say, what can I do next time? So often, and this happens with uh, with me as a child, I am sure, and even as a grown-up adult, of when we just go, well, this was bad, and this was bad, and this was bad, that doesn't give us the opportunity to ask the big question is, what can I learn from this? Yeah. How can I use this information to better inform my future choices? Because all of this is about choice. And sure, it is difficult to get out of old habits and to change our neural pathways to move in a different direction. But when we start saying, what can I do next time? How can I better prepare? What policies can I put in place? What can I let go of that is out of my control? I cannot control my boss's attitude. What I can control <laughs> is 
my what do you think this is like a therapy session for my old no boss? no i think yeah maybe maybe partially that but partially like you're your own boss right now so i was oh, just, no. <laughs> just laughing because oh you, man my you boss can, is really you control breathing. your boss's attitude no but i mean the phantom of my old work life definitely preys oh, upon yeah. me no, now for like, sure even for though sure. If I'm like sitting drinking coffee at 9 a.m., I definitely think my boss is going to uh, to yell at me. And Don's like, I don't care. Drink coffee. It's I'm fun. not your boss also. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about whom's whose boss. You are clearly the boss of this situation. But seeing a setback as feedback instead of failure really matters in our lives. And as we're finishing this episode up, really think about how you see failure, how you see blame, and what it has gotten you. What do you get out of blaming external circumstances? Do you think that there is going to be a point in your life where all obstacles are going to be out of the way? We have 365 days a year, sometimes 56, to figure (laughs) out that there's always going to be an obstacle. There's always going to be a reason to not focus on your habits and choices. I cannot say that having children is why I can't lose weight because guess what? I had a problem with my weight before we had a child. I had a problem with my weight before I had a job, before I had a husband, before I had bills to pay. This is a lifelong process. And the more we're able to adapt around our circumstances, the better it feels and the better we'll be able to work with what we have instead of wishing for some perfect day when all of those obstacles are out of the place, because it is always going to be something. So for you, sure, blaming other people is easy. It's a defense mechanism. It protects our ego. It explains away the situation and it excuses our own actions. But in the end, the big question is, where is that getting you? Because for me, all it did was get me up the scale an extra 150 pounds because those excuses were making me exhausted, overwhelmed, and a victim of my life instead of a champion. And we totally believe that you have an opportunity choice by choice and excuse by excuse to let them go and see it as feedback and start making new choices. It is never too late to make new choices out of old negative patterns of behavior. But the one new choice you don't want to make is to stop listening to this podcast. So please continue. Don't stop. Start. Right. Please continue to listen. As as a as a tiny bit of a teaser, next week we are going to add to this uh, theme, so to speak, and uh, talk about um, taking responsibility for your actions in terms of the plan that you're on and and making the plan work for you. So you have that to look forward to next time. Ooh, should we call it the blame gain? Man, we can't. <laughs> Wait, no, we call it the newlywed gain. Okay, we're running out of yeah, words. No, I we need were a gonna, thesaurus. Uh, we, we were, I, the, the listeners, I, I apologize. We were going to also pick a Bon Jovi song to name it after. Yeah, but, so if you but, have an idea of what Bon Jovi yeah. song we should name the next episode after, let us know. Please let us know. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes. We are available on all of the major podcast platforms. They're all Every single 255, 56 uh, of them 
are available uh, uh, still on all of the major podcast platforms. And uh, also, you can listen to them on our website at any time at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you were at weonlylookthin.com, click on the link for Join Our Support Group oh, yeah, to find out more about Wolt Place. Wolt Place is a Facebook-based accountability group, We Only Look Thin Place. It is a uh, space for women to share privately their plans, their setbacks, and their own blame games. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are there for support, Zoom meetings, different perspectives, and it's just a safe space to work on yourself while working your plan. Absolutely. We have two subscription plans. The first is a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Absolutely. And if you would like to interact with us in other ways, you can find us on social media uh, at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also find us uh, via email. You can send us uh, correspondence <laughs> to uh, We Only Ooh, Look Thin. Yeah, da. I know. It sounds really fancy. Um, uh, to We Only Look Thin at gmail.com. Uh, for example, you could send us suggestions for a new episode. You could ask us questions. Uh, we've uh, taken listener questions and turned them into episodes. Uh, you could also just say hello, uh, give us compliments, tell us what you like about the show. Um, notice I didn't say you could tell us what you don't like about the You're show. You're literally saying it right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, wait, I am? Oh, boy. You did. Oh, boy. Um, so uh, do that. We only look thin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have an extra couple of minutes, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does uh, the internet see it as the premier way to get the word out about yeah. our podcast, but it also uh, helps us know that what we're doing is making a difference in your life. So thank you for doing that. And um, uh, if you, uh, in addition to that, or instead of that, if you could just tell somebody about the show, uh, we would appreciate it. Word of mouth is one of the uh, the best ways in which the show grows. Um, people in your life value your opinion. And so when you tell them about the show, uh, they take it to heart and they will listen. Also, um, uh, if you're in a you know Facebook group or an appropriate Reddit group or a Discord server or something like that, and it comes up, uh, we would appreciate a shout out. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> So if you still can't remember whether it's Jonathan Bonathan Jovi or Polly Shore, who's from <laughs> New Jersey, just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 